Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ralph tries something that he saw in a comic. We meet one of our creepiest metas, an Iris girl. We can't just be jumping off of buildings. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, she was falling hard. She, she just... And fast. Dive. She just went for it. What is up, guys? We're back for another after show for The Flash. I am your girl, Drew Jones, and I cannot do this insanely amazing panel without my peoples. Hey, y'all. It's Chantis K. Robinson. It's Jamie Alexander. What's going on, guys? It's Zach Silverman here. You guys, we have so much to talk about. Uh, clearly, we have to talk about Iris being the most badass person on the planet. But we also have to talk about our baddie breakdown. And then Chauncey has a lot of news and gossip. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Whew. Cool. And <laughs> initial reactions to this episode. I loved it. I thought it was a phenomenal episode. It might be a filler episode, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It was a little bit filler, but there was so much love in it. I loved all the love and the interpersonal relationships between everyone and all of the effort when it become, when it comes to like love and relationship that was put into this episode. Yeah, for sure. I felt like it was a lot of character development, especially mm-hmm. for Nora, who I was not feeling in the beginning of this episode. Facts. I actually don't yes. think it was a filler episode. I felt like it was really important to the season. We had like big turning points with like... Iris and Nora, and, you know, we had some developments with the whole Tom Snow situation. So I liked it. I was here for it. But let's hop right into it. Um, tonight, Caitlin and the team really dig in deep to find what's up with her dad. Um, and then we also find out that Cisco is going through some things with his vibing skills. What are our thoughts? I mean, Cisco. yeah, I know it's sad for him. It's it's hard to watch him struggle because he's so joyful and fun. Although during this whole season, he's had this awkward. He was either drunk or, hung, you know, he's had all of these things that were different. It was hard to watch him struggle, especially when it came to finding his value. It's like, are you kidding me? Regardless of vibe. I love how Caitlin was able to remind him. You are Cisco Ramon. Like you did this, this and the other because he he was all of that before he was vibe anyway. So it was just really nice to see him come to life a little bit in what he's great at. Yeah, we got a little taste of who he was back in season one and mm-hmm. season two. The uh, hacker extraordinaire, however she put it. I, I liked it. It was good. It was nice seeing Cisco mm-hmm. in that way. I guess my question is, now I was a little confused because the whole thing, they said that there was dark matter in his hands because of Cicada. And so are they not working to extract the dark matter? Is there something like it's embedded in his system or something? That was the only thing of that whole plot line, like the dark matter, every time he uses it, it, you know, so is this kind of... Affects his nervous system. Yeah, so it's kind of... And it's... I guess my question is, is that like a permanent thing? Are they just kind of accepting it? Or are they just kind of like, we need to focus on finding Caitlyn's dad before we can focus on extracting this dark matter from your... um, from your system. 
Yeah, uh, they did breeze over that. <laughs> like, what are they doing to help this? <laughs> they kind of did. I, I mean, they have all that uh, equipment there. They could probably microscopes look into. I think it was it was dark matter, dark matter shrapnel that was still stuck in his yeah. hands, but it's connected to his nervous system now. I don't know. I feel like there's a few different um, strings that are happening right now that could go one of diff- one of few ways. Have you guys noticed that each character we're seeing more of the man woman? Behind the mask, as opposed to their actual superhero. Yeah, I think this is just a, a, a way that the writers are including Cisco to show value of who he is as Cisco, as opposed to the superhero vibe. I, yeah, and I will say, like one of the things I wrote down even before Caitlin gave her pep talk to Cisco was I was I was I said I was like okay, but are you forgetting that most of you guys are like geniuses before? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. when this show started, all of them, none of like. Sis, Caitlyn, I guess that was a different timeline when she didn't have powers. But, like, she didn't have powers. He didn't have powers. Their main thing was how smart they were. Mm -hmm. So it was a little weird. I guess maybe he became dependent upon his powers to the point where it was, like, he kind of forgot who he was without it. So he needed to hear that. But I was was like, wait a minute. Like, the whole thing of y'all was the fact that, at the time, Barry was the only superhero. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, they just got the satellites back on. And as... As valuable as everyone is, maybe he's feeling some kind of way because there's still a huge piece of things missing. There's only still so much they can do. His knowledge is extraordinary, but with the technology and Star Labs being halfway average, he probably just feels like he's losing. He doesn't have as much to work with, so I could see how maybe he could forget his value just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of confused by the whole, like, dark matter thing. I've been sitting here the entire time, like, trying, about, like I've really been sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, no, because I, f- I feel like, didn't they extract dark matter from somebody else? Maybe, I don't know, if you're in the chat and you know what I'm talking about, help your girl out. But I feel like they maybe had to do something like that where they had to, I don't know. It's okay. There's I like so many this, seasons. I like yeah. the, the plot line that they're going with because it's not just Cisco. Tonight's episode, we also got to see... Obviously, Iris, she doesn't have that much superpower. She's not running. She did run around with a gun. But prior to that, she was out doing her, her journalist kind of thing. And we're getting to see more of Barry doing his investigative work again like we had from season one, which is fun. I like seeing this side of Barry as, as opposed to the Flash running around and being a speedster and, and saving people's lives. Yeah, I will say this season's very Team Flash oriented rather than just being like Barry and everyone circles around and does what Barry does. Like everyone kind of has their own thing going on and everyone – in my opinion, equally bring something to the table. They're highlighting that in a very nice manner as opposed to other seasons. And I feel like last year we were talking about how uh, it was just so much... Why are we talking about how it was just like so much Barry doing everything, finishing everything? I thought it was more Ralph than anything. Ralph and DeVoe and Barry kind of being there as everyone's pep talk person. That's what I thought it was. I didn't feel like more so everyone was surrounding him, but more so like... It was, he already was so wise and, you know, just kind of, everyone's going through stuff, but Barry's there yeah. to be the support. But I guess that makes sense because the previous season he had messed everything up. So <laughs> I it's learned nice, from his mistakes. Yeah, it's full circle. I will say, one of the things I did write down, I did write B-plot down with uh, Cisco and Caitlin and all of them. And that's kind of how, it, I mean, that was the vibe of it. The vibe. <laughs> that was the vibe of it, that it was a B-plot. But I will, and sometimes I don't like B-plots because I'm just like, okay, this is because they need these characters to have something to do mm-hmm. but I actually did not mind this B-plot um, too much. I didn't think it took away from the overall 
I think it's because we were we were getting a, a switch of pairings as well, and it wasn't just uh, Ralph and Caitlin. Now it's Ralph, Caitlin. What do we call him, Sherlock? Shirley, yeah, but they're calling him Sally or something. Shirley, Shirley, Ralph yeah. is calling him Shirley. Ralph's calling him Shirley and uh, and Cisco, all all helping each other out. So I think it, it added to the B vi- the B vibe, the B line. So <laughs> they find out that you know. um, they find out that Caitlin's dad, Tom Thomas Snow, um, basically knew that Caitlin was Killer Frost for a hot minute. Uh, she goes by Keon, which is like a Greek goddess of snow or ice or something i don't know uh, north uh, i think it was like a north goddess north of, goddess yeah. yeah i'm just making stuff up here no no you're right. <laughs> um, you keep going but they um so they find out they figure out basically that he knows what's up and that you know she's trying to you can tell that she's like trying to figure out if that's the reason he booked it or not um and then they also figure out that he might be on um like a black ops hideout spot what do we think we're going to find? Like, do we think he's still alive? Do we think what is... Are we going into predictions already? No, but we can theorize a little bit. Fair enough. Dad. Hmm. I, uh... First of all, with this Keon thing, <laughs> is that in the comics? Because I don't pay... I, I'm going to be honest with you, full disclosure. I do not pay attention to mm-hmm. Killer Frost in the comics. I don't know her origin thing. Is there another universe where she was like... Some reincarnated goddess. That I'm Caitlin. not familiar with this. Okay, line. maybe in the chat. So. It looks like that. What I got from the Keon thing was that he was trying to find something to be similar to what he was seeing. Okay, it's like another version of an ice queen. So how would that work? Because with all of the stuff he's writing on the chalkboard and it talking about heavy water, aka ice, it kind of seems like maybe there was. It was just a part of the research he was doing to maybe find something else about Caitlyn. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I was actually, I was thinking because of the fact that Caitlyn, what we know is that she wasn't created by that satellite, right? She was like this from birth. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question was with that, I was like, are they going to try to make her some kind of reincarnated goddess? Because I'm going to have problems Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's keep it science. Maybe they'll they'll do like the whole Marvel line with uh, Tom, what's his face? Uh, Loki. How he thought he was like a, a, you know, Thor's brother, but he really was an ice god or an ice, one of those ice things. I mean, we do kind of know that in the comics, Caitlin's father is, uh, what's his name? Something Froster or something Snow, Killer Snow or something. I forgot who he was, but maybe they come from a long line of ice people, snow people. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Icicle Jr. I think his name is. Icicle, Icicle Jr. That's his name. That's what the chat's saying. Yeah, it's confirmed he's Icicle Jr. Thank you, Planet Vegeta reincarnated. I'm just going to say if someone pulls up on me named Icicle Jr. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> don't make me turn the heater on in this don't car. Don't let me go get blow pop. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. Well, we love you guys in the chat. We love chatting with you all, even though you all just gave us Icicle Jr. We're not going to hold that against you. But there are more ways that you continue to chat with us and to see more of our content. And Jamie's going to tell you guys how. Yes, After Buzzers. So our network, if you didn't know, I'm going to tell you now that they produce after shows for other shows besides this one. So there's drama, reality, sci-fi. 
all kind of dramas and more that we cover, and there's no network that works harder to serve television fans, but we need your help. So we're asking you to please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. So by subscribing to our YouTube channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. So if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't worry about it because it's really easy to turn them off. It's optional. So hit the subscribe button now. Giving you a little second to do that for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. And let us know that you did in the comments and we'll give you a shout out on air. So thank you guys for being the best fans and the best part of us and keeping us the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) (sighs) My girl Cecile. I love Cecile. Come through. Just like pulling out the granny, like granny lifestyle, you know. Giving Nora the truth. Because Nora comes in. Even that, like, I know that we know Nora is, like, what age did we come up with? Like, 28-ish. Sure. Little girl asked 30. I'm saying, she was throwing some temper tantrums, and Cecile said, not on my watch. Right? Shut that down Shut that down. I I love that. Yes. (laughs) I love how the West family is so strong with their significant others, or the family as a whole itself. We got to see Barry... Two episodes ago, when the whole dampener thing came in, he said, like, I support mm-hmm. my wife. And then like Cecile is just like, you are in the West House. You do not talk bad about people that you don't even know yet. <laughs> You're not even born yet. I like it. Yeah, it was great. I love seeing that moment. I love just pretty much a piggyback of what you said, just it. the dynamic and the couple sticking up for each other and just her coming in right off the bat. Because sometimes I feel like with Nora, they've been so soft because she's new and she's young and it... That would have been like me, like, let me stop you right there, girl. This is not how this is going to go. And it was amazing because not only did she kind of reprimand her in a loving way, but she created space for her to get to really know her mom in another way. We're not accepting this behavior, so you can stop. The part that you play in this is the fact that you're not trying to learn your mom now. And, you know, and just trying Mm -hmm. to walk her through that, but more with, like, a wake-up call. and Let's stop babying the child and get on with it because she'd be out here cutting up. But also, they treat Nora like a child, but let's just remember that she, in this time zone, she's the same age as current Barry and Iris. Mm -hmm. So it's like... They're all the same age? They're around, like, the same age, yeah. That's weird. So it's like, she's acting like that, but I'm like, girl, get it together. (laughs) Yeah, like, she's not acting like, well, up to this point, she wasn't acting like how an adult child... Like, not even like an adult would act with their parents. It was more like as though she was still back in the house with the, with the parents, with Iris. And maybe it's because of the fact of the relationship that maybe that stunted her mature her, her maturity or something. But it was very mm. fun. I mean, the one of the things I wrote down was like, rude. Like, you are rude, girl. So it was really nice to for Cecile to just be like, we do not, you know, disrespect. Yeah, it was so upsetting to me that no one ever really said anything to yeah. Nora yeah. to put her in her yeah. place. And I'm just like, why are you, is everyone letting her act this way? It's, yeah. it's a very simple, like, no, stop. Yeah, like, stop bad-mouthing our team, one of our team leaders here. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, well, Barry did it last time when he was like, I'm going to stand behind Iris, but it was great that someone else outside of the parents. And I think that really, as soon as people started doing that, she had to back down. Yeah. Like, she was so disrespectful to Iris. Like, she would fight back against Iris, but with anyone else, it'd be like, oh, 
You know, and I guess it took someone like Cecile to for her to finally listen. Well, I think there was a softening to that as well. Where I think the scene prior to that, we had Barry saying, "Why are you getting on her for something she did thirty years from now? Enjoy who she is now." And I love that they put that into that epi- into the episode, and they finally referenced it because for some reason it, that should have been the first thing that everyone was talking about. It'd be like, "Cool, be mad at your mom thirty years from now, but do you know who this is right now? Yeah, it's a totally different woman. Like, why are you upset?" Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And then also, I just for the Cecile thing, because I saw some people saying, you know, she's a forced character. I think we need that voice of reason. I think we need an older voice of reason. It was Joe, normally, obviously, due to, you know, unforeseen circumstances. Medical circumstances, J.C. L. Martin had to take some time off from the show for a bit. Yeah, and so I think Cecile has a perfect position to be like kind of that voice of reason and it's nice that we have like a maternal voice of reason for once not that joe's not great i love joe he's the paternal voice now we get we get that missing link that we had never had in Mm -hmm. it because of joe's wife was gone yeah and i think this was a perfect i don't know i just really liked how cecile came in with the whole telling stories about barry but really they were about iris and it that was it was just like so clever it was a nice moment i feel like only it was something cecile could have done i don't think it would have been portrayed the same way if joe would have done it yeah. yeah, and then not only that, but I love the symbolism of having her make the crib or the table, whatever it was, and her doing it so fast, like, see, I'm done, and then having no screws in it. It's like, sweetie, at the top of this episode, you almost killed two people. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to need you to slow down. She did. And listen. That and, was... Yeah. Sticking yeah. true to her name, excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, doing everything in excess, which gives more credence to the fact that Iris probably did do what she did to protect. Right. Because it's very clear this girl's not very mature. No, she's right. going to kill somebody. <laughs> like, it didn't sound like she, she yeah. knew what she was. And I know it's because she only got her powers very recently, but even then, it's like the powers is, aren't what make you mature. It's like you are put in situations, of course, that helps you grow, mm-hmm. but even Barry had limits. You know, yeah. he would mess up here and there, mm-hmm. but. He'd learn from them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was there's just a level of still recklessness with her. Well, yeah, Barry also very... was coming from somewhere where he had no mentor. She is coming from somewhere where she could reference other people's mentors. So she could kind of be like, well, if I fall, you know, someone will pick me up. Barry had no one to pick him up. Yeah. <sighs> Goodness. Nora just stresses me out. Like, I, t- like, <laughs> I want to like her so bad. And I like I think now that they've had their cute aha moment at the end, <laughs> like, I'm thinking she's going to chill out, but... Whew, these past couple episodes, child, this girl's been getting on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if you don't act grown and stop running around so fast. Yeah, like, she, her, her, like, I love that Iris is going at her and getting like, this is why we have training, which you have not been showing up to. Because right. Iris wasn't just talking to her like a mother. She was talking to her like a team leader right. of Star Lab saying, hey, you know, you can't just go out into the field and you cut off. You know, your recorder. How do you do that? And like her excuse is, I just didn't want you talking in oh. my ear. And it's like, whoa. Oh, come on now. <laughs> do not bring that up in here. Like, that just makes ser- so Like, angry. that makes no sense. Like, you have to be able to separate the personal from, I don't know, being a superhero that you keep claiming you are supposed to be. But also, let me tell you something. I'm about to be 27. And if I, to this day, if I were to just hang up <laughs> on my mama, she would fly out here to Los Angeles. And put me six feet under. That is just not. That is not what you do with moms. They do not have time for that whatsoever. But I'm glad that they're kind of like having their little moment. Speaking of people, I'm really glad having moments. We had a really cute West Allen night. Yeah, we did. I am here for it. What? What, Zach? 
I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> I I am I am very for the moments that we're having, and I think this is something that like most of culture needs to remember, and why so many people get divorced so easily and just give up on things. But uh, um, Brad Pitt came out today, or some with some article, or something saying like things that he should have done to help his marriage, and one of those things was always act like you're like don't stop dating, don't even yeah. now that you're married. Like, why stop dating? You know, always live up to your wife. Always treat her for who she is. And that's what Barry's doing, and it's amazing. And he's trying to remember, remind Iris to be like, hey, you know, we're married and we're living life now, but I still want to court you, and I still want to give you everything I can. And he did that perfectly tonight, and I loved it. Yeah, I, I aspire to be Barry. Oh, yeah, I mean, like... I think Can, uh, Candace Patton has said on her thing, in the world full of others, be Barry Allen. And he was very much a very supportive husband this episode. Very mature, but still within the thick of it. Not so much like last season where he just like on the side, like, you got to do this. And he'd walk in the shadows. But more like, hey, I want to go on a date. But also I get what you're dealing with with Nora, which was there were a lot of nice moments like that, that slow-mo of them walking oh, into I the camera. I was like, come on, right? Like, can we talk about the DC power couple here? Like mm. the, the you know, Arrowverse power couple Name on CW. Better looking like couple. wow, like they really played that up this episode. And it was nice because, you know, in the midst of everything, you know, West Allen has had some moments, but this was very focused on you know, them teaming up and knowing that it was useful. Like, even when they went to the gala, Iris being a reporter was more useful in talking Mm -hmm. to uh, Peter Merkel's uh, mother than, you know, Barry just kind of snooping around or something like that. So it showed, once again, Iris being this really um, vital character and her journalism coming into play. So let's talk a little bit about this meta because we talked about the mama who had some serious attitude um, which I was not appreciated. But I gave him she was his own I kind of liked it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, not oh, like, like I, dug her. I dug her. I liked, I liked her. I liked she her sharp. in the sense of like, I love a like bitchy character that's mm-hmm. like very like rich and snooty. And I love that it was a like a rich, snooty, billionaire black woman. I was like, yes. Yeah, I dug that too. But I was like, not, don't, don't be a mother. You're clearly messing it up there a little bit. But we meet um, our meta, Peter Merkel, who, in my opinion, is the... Cr- I cringed every single time he was on screen. It was That bone crushing. The sound effects were just, like... Unnecessary. Too much. <laughs> it was too much. You thought it was too much? Like, too much, too much, like, you didn't like it too much or too much? Like, that really creeped me out. Both. It, it really creeped me out. <laughs> Both. I, I, I watched I it like horror, this. So I was, I loved every time he was on screen. It was like the episode went back and forth between being like a flash episode and then suddenly it's like Saw or something. <laughs> right. And I just, I dug that. I, no. I, I thought the, the trailer last week's creeped me out more than like when we're actually in the episode. I'm just like, okay. You know, he's there. He's kind of creepy. Well, I closed my eyes on some part because I don't like all of that exorcist looking stuff. So I was like, oh no, I can't be dreaming about this I, man tonight. I agree with Chauncey though. I really liked it. I like villains or meadows or whatever that are going to make me like, I like that I was physically cringing. I like that that like emotion was evoked or whatever because I wanted to crack my back. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes the, the meadows can come off a little cheesy. Yes. And this one was just like truly creepy. Although, yeah, but okay. did you like his plot line too? That's what though? I was about to ask. I mean, it's kind of 
Ve- vengeance on your mother who gave you everything but like wasn't around and then, and then you kind of like yeah. you get hurt by the satellite and now you have these powers i think it was one of those i mean it's it's helping the main plot line which is the iris and Nora thing so i think the meta was clearly just a, a, there a for, for that yeah, yeah it was just there okay. to kind of alley-oop that point but and i like the storyline then yeah so i do want what was was he just picking people at random I think he was just picking people of, like, high status and then taking away the thing that they find most valuable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which makes sense. Yes. That were, like, absorbed. And what was he trying to do to his mother? Just kind of shame her or something? In what part? That's like, what I was lost with. Because he was at the gala randomly. But was he there for Iris or was he there for his mother? Because my thing I actually is, don't know, to be And honest. then why the guy at Gotham... That, there was a Gotham reference, which was very cool. But, mm-hmm. like, was the random. guy... <laughs> Well, they've mentioned Gotham before, I think. Have they? No. They well, I guess they need a, they to. They mentioned the Dark Knight or Batgirl something. Batgirl is coming. Yeah. So, um, but it's a thing where, like, I don't know. It just seemed like, was he really dangerous or was he just like some random thief? And then all of a sudden, he goes from being a random thief to then wanting to kill Barry because he wants to hurt Iris. And That's I'm because just like, he wanted to hurt I, he wanted to hurt Iris, but Barry's not wealthy, so I don't understand. Well, what that's what I mean. Like, I why would, did he go after? Because he was because he, he knew that Iris was messing with like in his business, like getting into it. And I feel like he hmm. was just trying to like, all right, you want to like seek me out? Here I am. I'm gonna. I thought that, but then also kind of the way he was standing on the roof, it kind of seemed like he was hearing what they were talking about, and that's when she was freaking out about being a bad mom. Mm. So I wonder if that like triggered him. To go after her, and she was like a, um, she was like a, you know, representation of his mother, or oh, that's a good. I mean, he would have to have like super hearing, but right. Well, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe they were talking loud. I don't know. I, I was gonna <laughs> say JJ in the uh, chat was saying I was the opposite about the villain. He was super weak and not scary to me at all. Oh, even with all that crunching, he JJ? twisted his whole head around. <laughs> Did you not like that exorcist moment? That was just nasty. All that creepy. He turned walking. his head all the and way he around. And was like, Mazel Oh, yeah, was not like, okay. Mazel Tov. He did. He said Mazel He did. He represent my people. He turned his head like a, like a dreidel. What is he? What is he, Drake? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, Ivan makes a good point. Barry is wealthy. With love. Well, no, right. he's wealthy with all the money that Thawne left him. Okay, so he knew... Okay, um, but he knew... Okay, so you're saying that Peter Merkel did that, knew that, but his mother didn't know that because first thing she, she said yeah. was, you're not going to be making a sizable donation. So she figured he was poor or working class. I don't either. think it's common knowledge that Barry is wealthy. Yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Cool. I mean, like, his loft, their loft is popping, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I don't think it's common knowledge that Barry has coin. Has coin. Yeah. <laughs> he does have bought that loft, man. Yeah, that loft is that nice. loft is where it's at. Um but so Barry so we kinda of find out with Iris that like one of her fears about Nora is because it's rooted in her mom. Yeah. In that whole situation. And that actually was really sad to me. I didn't even think about that. I kinda of forgot about Francine to be honest. For like yeah. It's like her greatest fear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like the parallel. I thought it was good. And too. once again, it gave... And I know, you know, I'm seeing in the chat, you know, some people have been mentioning... And we've seen it online before. People have this tendency to think, you know, this, the narrative doesn't allow Iris to have layers or have problems. Like, she's almost perfect. But I think there's a difference between a character who um, has issues but still somehow, you know, 
doesn't necessarily become broken versus a character that's, you know, broken and brooding. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes people aren't used to that. So there's this there's there's this quickness to call Iris being portrayed as perfect. And I think she showed moments when she isn't. Like this episode, although she was so cool in this episode, mm-hmm. she had moments where Barry needed to help her, you know? Yeah. yeah. I saw I read an article um with what's the lady who plays Cecile's name? Oh, I Anyway, she she did an interview and basically they were just talking about like what are your favorite qual like who's your favorite character what are your favorite like what's the qualities about that you were like and she was saying that she loves that this show represents black women in an accurate way and I kind of got it tonight with tonight's episode because it's like I felt like it's like you as black women you have to put on this front that you have everything together even when you're hurt you hurt later you get stuff done hurt later because of just how like society sets it up and so I felt like this was kind of an episode where we got to see that with Iris and I I don't know I just really appreciate that the writers like take that effort to make it a relatable situation yeah it's nice when a show doesn't always I mean, as they call it, fan service or whatnot. Like, you know, fan service can be nice occasionally. Fan service being when writers let what people are saying online or letters and whatever really influence where they take the plot line Mm -hmm. versus them having a narrative and sticking to it, which I think they've done with West Allen. Like we were talking about earlier about their marriage, you know. One of the things was in the beginning of The Flash, you know, Grant Gustin has given interviews where he said originally they kind of wanted to do what CW sometimes does where a couple switch around and we're not sure who's going to be with who yet and he really advocated for West Allen to become serious early on because it was like why not show a stable couple we already know this is the love of his life why do we have to do this thing and we saw that with this episode how solid they are yet how there's layers to them and how they can still be super interesting Mm -hmm. which can be unheard of you know yeah I definitely like the complexity of it Okay, I've been trying really hard to hold off and not talk about it, but can we please talk about this swan dive that Homegirl does off the side of the... Never in life. I don't want to see any more Iris slander ever in life because nobody else is out here non-meta jumping off buildings (laughs) to go save their man. So I don't want no more Iris slander. Mm. Gee, that was so cool. I was was like, what? I almost didn't know what was going on for a second. I was like, am I seeing this right? (laughs) Oh, she just like, <laughs> yeah, she used the less. She didn't like, you know, she was quick with it too. Suddenly she was, well, yeah. she wasn't. I think she was an athlete when she was younger or yeah. something too. So, like, all that came into, I was like, you know, it wasn't Joe. even like a leap. It was like a beautiful <laughs> swan. Dive. Yeah, she just like jumped off. I was like, it was like she went into instantaneous, I need to save him. And she still unlocked the lock. Yeah. I mean, she was focused. She was dedicated. And it happened so fast, I had to think, like, who was that? Like, I didn't even know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. nobody here was capable of doing, like, who was that? I was very impressed. That's I'm going to have ult- to watch that again just for the moment. It's the ultimate leap of faith, of trust. I know. I'm sitting here like, love, I mean, like, love. I love my family. I think I've been in love. I'm trying to figure out who I jump off the side of a building my for. My mama. I do it for my mama. But yeah, oh, wow, <laughs> wow, cold-blooded. But I I'm scared of heights. She didn't know, and it's great that she knew that she could unlock it, and that Barry would, like you were saying, like he, she trusted Barry. She trusts. Yeah, she said, "It's like my partner's a speedster, so I knew if I got that off, he'd take us to safety." That was, it I was mean, such a fire. Solid, but she was episode. all gas, no brakes. There was no hesitation whatsoever. There was no hesitation, and that's like the part that really gets me. It's like mm-hmm. she didn't even kind of be like. Mm, she just she was like, what am I gonna do? It was like, went for it. He fell, she was off. 
off the ledge. Yeah. But, I mean, they were good to go, and, you know, Ralph came shortly after with... The, did he eat the meta? It looks like he ate him. I don't know if he, I don't know if he stretched his stomach to do one of these, put him over like his like you know, whatever shirt he had. And you could kind of see him coming through. It kind of looked like he ate him, which yeah, is messed really up because he could be inside all rearranged and stuff. That's his and then his stomach acid. Like nah, that's not going to be too much of an nasty. issue. While we're, on the, while we're on the topic of Ralph really quick, I do want to say it was pretty cool to get to see him do, like, the stretch. and Yes, that was a very cool A part. lot of Marvel references tonight. Yeah. A decent yeah. amount. I like it's when fitting. there's... Yeah, I mean, it's fitting, you know, for what's going on. But I like when they have, like, Marvel... Because I do the Cloak and Dagger after show, and there's a lot of DC references on that. And I like that they kind of pay respects to each other. They have to. Yeah, they I mean... no reason. Yeah, the fans wore... But they don't have to. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, so the episode wraps up and uh Cisco names this freak bag Ragdoll. Ragdoll. Which I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I was trying all episode I was trying to figure out what they were gonna name him because I was like, what? Like I called him I called him a squishy I can't say what I called him, but it was, <laughs> it was creepy, and I didn't like it. Um, but do you guys have any more comments before we hop into Batty Breakdown? Just one side little comment I wrote down, which was cute, and we kind of touched on it a little bit with Cisco and Caitlin, but it was nice to see them be able to connect also in the fact that Caitlin lost her powers, too. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't really in this alone, and... I like that moment because for a second I kind of for- I didn't forget that about her, but I think he did, you know. So it was nice for them to connect on that. Yeah, just we- another little cutesy moment. Yeah, we had a lot of really good. I love the you know intimate conversations, and we got a good one from them. We got a good one from between Barry and Iris, and we got a good one between Iris and Nora. Finally, so. You always know it's a, a good episode when someone cries. That's what I always say. About True. The when if there's no tears. The writers didn't put their foot in it. <laughs> they was like, someone's going to cry today. Someone is going to cry today. I almost cried today because this meta truly creeped me out so much. But Zach is going to break down our baddie of the week, who was Ragdoll. Ragdoll. He's played by none other than Troy James, who actually had his debut tonight on The Flash. He, uh, he could be found... As an actual contortionist uh, found from America's Got Talent, actually. Very interesting gentleman. But uh, the picture that we have here is actually from 1942. Ragdoll was actually created by Gardner Fox. He looks like Raggedy Ann. He yeah. really does. Like angry yeah, Raggedy so Ann. He was a supervillain uh, uh, super name given to, uh, given to Peter Merkel, which they kept true to the comics. Man with a strange condition called triple jointedness, which provides him with extreme contortionist abilities. Now, they strayed a little bit bit tonight obviously they kind of gave him uh metahuman powers so that he could fit more into the storyline with the satellite and everything but i kind of like what they did obviously this is 1952 he uh dressed up as uh, a ragdoll to do a heist in one of his first in one of his first encounters against uh jay garrick he later became uh the speedster's arch nemesis um who actually Ended up retiring for a supervillain, which is kind of funny. Like, hey, you know, guys, I'm done. I'm just going to retire. But his son, Peter Merkel Jr., picked up where his father left off. Uh, we have some other pictures that show him later in the comics. And I think this is where mm. the uh, no, writers yeah. kind of pulled from. Now, it, it goes back and forth mm. in the comics as well, whether he has superpowers or if he's just triple joint, has this triple jointedness 
ability, uh, the feature of his body. I don't know. Either way, I think they did a pretty good job of uh, of capturing who he is, and it's creepy still. Ah, oh, man, it's great. Um, I like that he wasn't dressed like that for the show. I he, like- he kind of was. I mean, they embodied the mask. They definitely needed to get the mask with the hair. Uh, I think the, having the, the checkered pattern is cool. It's nice. It's more of a flair for the comics. I don't think it would work t- on tonight's episode, so I'm yeah. happy they just put him in a nice, what was it, like a suit and tie? or a, a He looked tuxedo. like the guy from Saw more. He looked like the doll from They're Saw. Yeah, for, the, like for the shock factor, you know, the scare factor, but... I liked him. I, you know, for as small of a role that we had tonight on on him, and there is Troy James right there his voice doing was his so thing. Creepy. Yeah, it was on point. Uh, I as small of a role as it was, I liked him as a character. I think the writers did a, did justice to the comics. What do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think for even though it wasn't like a super, it wasn't as involved meta as like most episodes, I feel like he left a huge impact. It was, I, one of my faves. Yeah, he definitely was one of my faves. And it's so cool, because sometimes, you know, the writers, they go off on their own thing, and it just doesn't work. It's like, why not stay true to the comic? They had a nice blend of both, and yeah. I think it re- worked really well tonight. For sure. And that's your Betty Breakdown comic. Oh, and uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Jasmine Jones. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, girl! Happy birthday. And Jasmine, also, you subscribe, so shout out again. Yes. Whoa, okay, that's what I'm talking out. about. And your last name's Jones, so... <laughs> oh! Hey, girl. <laughs> nice name. And also, shout out to the Queen Jones of Regal. She subscribed. It's he, you subscribe. Ooh. I don't want to assume you, Jenny. Woo! Jones is. you. We're living out here. Okay. Um, let's hop into uh, News and Gossip, because there's a lot to talk about. Yes, so uh, we you might have noticed in one of the commercials today that there was a second uh, teaser for Elseworlds, that crossover. Not as uh, shocking, perhaps, as the one we saw <laughs> earlier this week, where Errol's Oliver and the Flash's Iris are kissing in new crossover promo. Um, more and more intrigue about the upcoming DC Arrowverse show crossover Elseworlds, <laughs> as the teaser promo is released showing Oliver... Uh, Queen uh, waking up as Barry Allen and kissing Iris West. Or more so, Iris kisses him. He seems pretty shocked, as we see in um, the picture. If you can't see it, it's online as well. And here's a 20-second clip of uh, the 20-second clip of the um, of the trailer. of the trailer, of the teaser trailer. So, um, while that's playing, the crossover will also feature Grant Gustin as the Green Arrow and uh, Steven, of course, Arnell as the Flash, along with Batwoman, Superman, and Lois Lane, along with a whole host of other crazy things like Arkham Asylum, doctors, and wives of supervillains. John Wesley Shipp is also set to reprise his role as the Flash from the 90s show. So, um, are we thinking, even though we had a really great West Allen episode, is Oliver West maybe the new power couple... Coming out, probably not, guys. My mom told me if I don't have anything nice to say, (laughs) yeah, what's the next topic? I shouldn't say it. You ship it. No one ships it. I'm so thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, guys. Wow. Okay, so also, Tom Felton wants to return to the Flash, says, Bring back Julian. Same. So, 
Draco, I mean Julian, <laughs> hasn't been seen in Star Labs since season three. But that doesn't mean Tom Felton, who played Julian, doesn't want to come back. Um, last we were told was that Julian had returned back to London. The character's emerging romance with Caitlin was halted and never spoke of again. In an exclusive interview with Digital Spy, Felton explained that, the, that he only signed on as a one-season deal, but insisted that he'd be keen to return to The Flash in the future. In the interview, he says, absolutely, yeah, I miss it. I miss those guys terribly. Yeah, I miss... Grant, The Flash, and all the team there. I had a great time there in Vancouver for nine months. Yeah, I say bring back Julian. So, do we want Julian or we think it's going to be kind of crowded? <laughs> I like Is Julian. This sound? Oh, okay. There's room for him, I think. <laughs> no, I like Julian. Um, I'm trying to think where he would... I think... I don't know. I liked him. I don't know where he would fit. But... I don't know where he'd fit, but I like him. Maybe I think... a nice fall from grace kind of thing. Yeah, He'd like be part of the team and then somehow go evil. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be fine with him coming back, but I'd also feel like, what would he do? There, it's so crowded right now mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Star Labs. Also, an icon, Stan Lee, has passed, as many of you might know. Mm-hmm. Um, and DC actors, including some from The Flash, paid a tribute to the legend as well. Um, it was a sad day yesterday as we learned of the passing of Stan Lee. And although Lee was a creator of Marvel heroes, that didn't stop celebrities from all fandoms from sending out condolences and tribute to the visionary. One of them being the leading lady of DC herself, um, Candace uh, Penn. Yesterday, Penn tweeted out about Lee, a lovely human and a visionary whose work will live forever. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. And I also have a little bit of trivia. What was the one DC movie that Stan Lee did a cameo in? He did do a cameo in in the chat. Yeah, we'll check it out. Put it in the comments. We'll look at it (laughs) next week. I don't know. I don't either. (laughs) You know what's the nice thing about Stan Lee? He, it didn't him and DC never really had too much bad blood. It was always very good things that they always got to talk about in exchange. And Stanley, uh, uh, Marvel, I meant, sorry. No, it's DC, yeah. And then Stanley even got to do uh, a reinvention of like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman uh, in one of his own comics. I don't know where it is. I did get to read about it amongst all the news and everything. But I think tonight's episode was very fitting that we got to see. I don't know how the timing of Flash always does this, but, uh, you know, with. Uh, Ralph saying, hey, I saw this one time in a comic book and got and to do some Spider-Man Man stuff. Or Fantastic Four with. No, it was Spider-Man. Yeah. I think it was Spider-Man, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is a stretchy guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Either way, Which is, both made by Stanley. So yeah. Rest in peace. And also, Godspeed Night 7 actually got it right in the comments. My Already? trivia. What? Teen Titans Go. Oh, The wow. cartoon movie. He was in it. And it was Never very cool. Guessed. Look it up. It was such a funny cameo. I love it. It was so I meta. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, let's hop into predictions really quickly before we have to wrap it up. And now, oh. the Speed Force. Yes, the Speed Force. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, predictions... We did see that something's happening with Thomas Snow and what's going on. What I want to know is, is he an ice person? Did he cause it? Like, I just really, I'm curious about his involvement. And I'm wondering if he's good or bad. I have a big question mark over my head when it comes to Thomas Snow. And um, I predict there's a lot more to this character that we don't know. And we'll get quite the twist. I don't know what, but I'm predicting a twist next week when it comes to him. Uh, I, th- yeah, this is gonna be an all uh, Thomas Snow episode. I feel like, uh, I would love to see a little bit more of Batwoman, kind of be sprinkled into this. 
maybe, because they're going to like a Black Ops site. I don't know. I don't really have a lot of predictions for this. We got to see a lot. We're okay. We got to see a lot. There was there was fighting in in the episode. You know, obviously he's still alive, so I can't predict. Like, oh, I think maybe we'll see. Maybe we won't. Uh, I'm hoping Caitlin gets the happy ending that she wants. I don't think it'll happen though. Um, I will just say quickly, hopefully we re- eventually circle back around to how does Barry disappear in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the B plot getting a main plot in the next episode, but I hope we get back to the main plot in the next episodes after that. <laughs> that's my <laughs> prediction. And that's the tea. Okay. Um, and I am predicting that maybe this dark matter somehow actually they figure out a way that it makes Cisco level up, maybe like in his powers. Like mm-hmm. they figure out how to use it in his favor, and... We did get to see him, um... Not vibe. Uh, what's the other one? Where he goes, opens up a portal. Breach? Breach, thank you. Yeah, so maybe he'll, I don't know, maybe he'll step his game up. But you guys let us know in the comments, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you can find us. Uh, My name is Drew Jones. You can find me on all the things at OKDrewJ. Make sure to tune in tomorrow night for Black Lightning. And you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey KR, also on Rotten Tomatoes, as I'm an official film t- film and TV critic there, and also in DC Universe's Titans, which is why I did that reference of saying leave. Uh, after show here on After Buzz. Love it. Love it. I'm Jamie Alexander, and you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Alexander. And guys, my name is Zach Silverman. You can find me all across social media at Zach with a CH Silverman 2, and on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock for Supergirl. All right, guys, we'll see you all next week. Keep it fresh. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.